0: Welcome to Manager Tools. Today's topic, how to deliver an unofficial review. Here we go. Well, I've told a story several times of my boss, long time ago, doing me a favor and. Literally giving me a review, a perfect review, by the way, and then setting it down and saying, "Okay, now let me tell you what I really think about you." Right. That was huge, and she she learned something. I think that, she, or she knew something. You and I learned a long time ago in our army days, right? I I, I think you probably recall, right, back in in the day. One of the fears of our non commissioned officers is they get some new lieutenant who come out who didn't understand reality that were mired in the way things ought to be or the way things should be and say, well, you're not perfect, therefore you don't get a perfect efficiency report. And literally, right. on a scale of 100, I think it was 125, if you gave somebody 120, which you would think would be pretty good, you killed their career. Yep, You exactly. killed it, right? And so we learned a technique a long time ago about, you know, giving them somebody a, an official report and then following up with a unofficial report.
1: Yep. And- You hit the nail on the head in terms of the way things ought to be. And I hadn't didn't have it in my mind about young people, but you're absolutely right. A young manager who says, well, it's an accurate report. Yeah, but it's not an effective report if you hammer somebody. And it's true what you say, but no one else is doing that. Look, evaluations and candor, even though candor is to be appreciated and respected, evaluations and candor sometimes politically can't go together. And what we recommend is that you separate the candor from the politics. And we want, we want you to do both. And here's the way we're going to recommend you have an official conversation while also being able to have a candid one too. And folks, it should be pretty obvious. We'll take you through the details here. I think the mistake most managers are making is they're probably leaning on well, I'm just going to give them what amounts to an official review, and I'm not going to be candid. Folks, you can be mm-hmm. candid. We don't recommend you be candid in a system that can't tolerate it. Three simple steps. It's not exactly actionable, but we want to make a case that, to help everybody who's listening understand that evaluations are organizational documents, and you have to treat them that way. They're not for the candidate. They're not for the individual. They're for the organization. And so there are two easy steps after that. You write the evaluation that the organization can use, but then you deliver, our third point, you deliver verbally the evaluation the direct
0: can use. Right. When you talk about evaluations being organizational documents and treating them as such, it might be useful to share a little bit of history of how that developed, and that might help people understand why they are organizational documents.
1: Yeah, people are always surprised to hear that big organizations in the world, did first of all, didn't exist 200 years ago. Modern organizational life didn't exist 200 years ago, except in the militaries and the Catholic Church and a few other global religious organizations. And big organizations today learned about performance reviews from the militaries of the world. And the militaries needed them, needed evaluations, because succession planning is a very heightened need, both it's heightened in terms of the necessity for planning and also in terms of the risk of failure. And plus, they had highly mobile workforces as a function of the fact that they were, the militaries during peacetime, were cadre, tend to have cadre, structural, organizational choices, meaning they were a skeleton waiting, waiting new people in the event that their mission was... To go to war, the militaries needed not only to know well in advance whom they were going to ask to step into any particular role. In addition, they had to be right because the wrong person in an important role had, of course, devastating, life-threatening consequences. So the military said, everybody's going to fill out a form that your leadership can use to determine who's ready for what and also who needed seasoning and so on. The entire start of evaluations, the early use of evaluation forms, had little to do with providing feedback or guidance to the actual direct. That was supposed to have been done long before, daily, weekly, monthly, and so on. And you know, (laughs) we've said that our thought to that is duh, right? That's why when people say evaluations stink, no, no, evaluations don't stink. Evaluations can be very helpful to the organization, but we have managers who are afraid to be candid day to day, week to week, month to month, year to year end up saying, I'll do it during the review. And then of course they lose the cojones to do it at the end of the year. And the point of this is simple. The evaluation you're writing, knowing that you have to deliver it to the direct in fact, isn't designed to be delivered anywhere but up in the organization. Now, look, all organizations say they use reviews, and very few actually do. The few who do usually only look at the top folks or or folks who are in trouble in some way. And the rest are just filed. But the, the review you're writing is for the organization. Whether or not the organization uses it is something you, Mr. or Ms. Manager, probably can't control. What that means for us as managers is, All actions taken relative to writing reviews must start with your audience, a highly politicized audience, I think we can probably agree, and their use of your work may be fitful, it may be incoherent, and you still have to check the box, you still have to do it, okay? So that means, it leads us to our next point, which is you've got to write a review, an evaluation of your direct in a way that the organization can use it. You can't tell your directs all their faults in a review because nobody else is doing that. A la Mike's point about giving somebody a 120 on a 125 scale or giving somebody, for those of you who have been around as long as Mike had or were in the army in the 80s, a top block review. Long story, okay? If you do what you think is right for a direct, but it's not within one standard deviation of what the organization is used to, the organization can't use that kind of divergence in its system. And what ends up happening is the individual is punished because the organization can't keep track of 100 different systems. If you do that, you're screwing your directs. You also can't write it in a format that you think the organization ought to adopt. Now, look, there are some of you will say, wait a minute, Mark's suggesting that I not write in the way manager tools recommended years ago i think it's been 7 years ago that we recommended using the sumax or the sear techniques for for writing okay but i promise you your organization there is no consideration given for different managers styles or tone when reviews are gathered together i promise you sumax or sear will work just fine okay most managers stink at writing reviews okay when the organization receives your, the review that you're sending it to your boss and on to HR or wherever, the organization is acting sort of in a group sense. There are simply too many reviews, too much data, too many cooks to be able to allow your own distinct individuality into the, the personnel reporting system. All of us using our own style, essentially saying, I don't like what the organization is asking me to do, so I'm going to do it my own way. Is the same thing as saying, hey, guys, I'm the VP of responsible financing and cost accounting and so on. Send me your budget in whatever form you want, Excel, not Excel, I don't care, just so long as you and your team know what's in it. Well, that didn't work. That's cloud cuckoo land. It's not going to happen. And by the way, I share that having fully well tried to do some stuff my own way and being told, no, it doesn't work that way. I got a little bit of grace, but not as much as I would have liked. So, the simple guidance here is write the review the organization can use, okay? If you want to be cynical about this, call it playing the game. We don't see it as playing the game. And there are a lot of managers who would say, oh, this is not really what I think about you, but, but I have to say this because that's what the organization can tolerate. And they say it in a cynical tone. We, we don't see it that way we recognize what reviews are for evaluations are for the organization to do good succession planning. The fact that your organization probably doesn't do good succession planning doesn't mean it expects you to do your part. Okay. You can only do your part, handle the stuff that's within your circle of of influence, not outside of your control or in your circle of concern. Okay. Don't fall on your sword and say the organization ought to do it this way because you're going to lose that battle. You're going to lose it. You know, as, as Dave Lynch was told many years ago, Mike, choose your battles carefully and always be conscious of timing. This is not the battle you're going to win, okay? There are vested interests in protecting the evaluation process in your internal organization. So whether we as a group, as individuals, think we ought to deliver an unofficial review or not, put that aside for a second about what you're going to actually tell your direct. Whether you do that or not, you damn well have to write an official review to check the box, Whatever else you do, do that and do it well. Follow the instructions that we have put out. First, follow the instructions from your firm. And we have probably the longest set of casts that really weren't an entire series. We have four casts about how to prepare for a review, how to write and slash deliver a review. I don't know if I have those names exactly right. There's a right way to do it. And it's a no-brainer if you break it into small bits. And you can get it done well before the deadline and then be worried about, actually getting work done during the rest of your workday. Now, look, some of you are saying, well, I think it sounds like Mike and Mark are caving in and recommending overinflation of things. Yeah, we're not saying that. No, we're not. Most organization systems are overinflated. A third party reviewing a company, assuming that they're reading the unvarnished truth, would think everybody was Superman or Superwoman. But no third party would be that naive to do that, okay? Okay. You'd have to probably read a 100 to begin to get the sense of, well, this guy may not have done as well as that guy, okay? Now, the fact that the organization has allowed that to occur is not your problem, and if you try to change it all by yourself, unless you're a senior, senior, senior executive, you're going to be put in in harm's way very quickly, and your people who won't have a voice in the discussion will be put in harm's way as well. The reason systems are overinflated is because managers figured out what the purpose of the process was. And reviews aren't scrutinized for accuracy or they're not vetted by peers. We recommend you go along with the system which allows some overinflation or some softening of criticism simply because putting criticism in writing is different than saying it to somebody's face. And it's going to take some work on your
0: part. I mean, it's as we we can't tell you specifically the culture around reviews in your specific organization, but you're, you're going to have to talk to some folks and get some experience to understand you know, in some organizations, there are some key words that if you put a, I won't say a negative keyword, you say this negative word in a person's review, you have doomed them. You have doomed them. And you ought to know what those words are. Yeah. On the other hand, there are words that are used only for the very top performers. And you ought to know if you put those words in a review that they're going to be seen as a
1: top performer. That We can't tell you those. You need to learn those. In 1982, 83, and 84, in the Army— The words you wanted written by your senior reviewer was truly outstanding as opposed to just outstanding. And there was truly outstanding and truly exceptional. There was an entire, you know, a a little subculture of words and it mattered. And you couldn't have anything but a ones on the front. You couldn't have anything but top block on the back. And my job as a military recruiter, I interviewed thousands of military officers and got a sense of the subtleties of differences. Even when somebody had a top block, they didn't have the words, truly outstanding. They weren't the best guy in the organization. And that was normal. And you could not be a young lieutenant or a captain and get away with saying, no, that's not accurate, because it was accurate for what the organization needed. And by the way, is the system perfect? No. No. Not even close, but it is the system. And as I've said before, embrace reality. So we recommend you follow the system as you best can understand it in your organization. Look, if you're a new manager and you've got a peer of yours who's an experienced manager, go to her and say, dude, what's the, what are the rules? I've got a couple of my reviews. Was my boss generally on track? Is that the way to do it? Would you mind looking at some of mine? We actually recommend that in, in our, uh, evaluation guidance, writing review guidance. So we recommend you write the review that the organization can use, period. Right, but that's not enough.
0: We wanna protect our folks. We don't wanna hurt them unnecessarily because we've chosen a different standard than the organization has. We also have the responsibility to develop them. And so it's not simply enough to play the game and not deliver a performance review verbally to the individual that can help them develop and get better. That's our responsibility as their boss.
1: Yeah. Once you're done with what the organization needs, it's time to ask a different question, which is "What is my direct need from me? Okay. Now, look, guys, we've spent years telling you that feedback, the word feedback was neither positive or negative. We say that because everybody hears feedback and due to its rareness, its paucity, they think negative. In this case, though, what else would go on the unofficial review other than problems and issues? Look, if somebody did something well, you certainly wouldn't leave that off of their review out of a sense of avoiding candor, right? You'd put that in living color on their organizational review. But negatives are the things that are left off 90% of the time when it comes to what you'd like to say versus what you actually can say in a review. So, we recommend you think... What would I want to hear from my boss, if I were this direct, knowing what I know based on their performance? What can I tell this direct now that will be helpful or or necessary that I couldn't necessarily put in the formal document? That's what you want to do. And as Mike said, his boss turned his over, right? There's different ways of doing it. But there's a simple way to think about this. And it's, it's easy. You think about this. You use the categorization we recommended for the organizational review. Look at objective data. There are all kinds of numbers. People, folks, if you're worried about metrics in your organization, you're going to be a lot more worried in 20 years because metrics are coming. They're driving them down to every part of the organization. And that's Good. It's not because they're trying to fire you. It's because most organizations don't truly know what's happening deep down in the organization. But having some dashboard to understand trends is a better way to manage people to at least understand the output and the data. To have data on output is helpful. Even if you choose to ignore it in order to help somebody, that's fine too. Uh, But not having the data when the data exists in some fashion is uh, management incompetence after a fashion. But you look at objective data, you look at critical incidents. Unique things that happened over the course of the year. And you also look at behavioral observations. What did this person do? That may not have been something that was talked about in the review, but may be an indication to you of a concern regarding growth or opportunities. Make notes. In all three categories. And by the way, this may be stuff that you already have as you were preparing to write the review, because these are the categories we recommend you look at in the review. And we recommend you look at email and all kinds of reports. And of course, if you've had a weekly one-on-ones, it would be easy, even easier. The data would be in there in your notes, but you look at all three and ask yourself, okay, what do I need to communicate that I couldn't put in the review? And Some of you will say, well, I really can't even talk about that now because I didn't talk about it during the year. Okay, fine. That's possible. We know that's true. We wish you wouldn't. We wish you'd step up and say, I should have told you this months ago. And that's why I'm not putting it in your formal review, but I want you to know about it. Shame on me for not talking to you about it three months ago, but I'm not going to ding you on it in your review because I didn't tell you about it. I am going to tell you nonetheless that in June, I was disappointed in your performance here and here and here. Right? That's the beauty of the informal review. You can either put stuff on there that you'd rather the organization didn't know about because the politicization and overinflation in your organizational uh, system makes candor like that deadly, but it also gives you an opportunity to do the things that you should have done months ago. Now, if you should have done it in June and you don't use this, our recommendation here for an informal review at the end of delivering the content of the formal review, Then, my friend, the burden is all on you. You're the problem and not your direct. Now, look, we'll help you with that, but don't kid yourself. If your direct made some mistakes in June and you didn't talk to her then, and you have an opportunity to deliver an informal review in December and you don't talk to her then, you better not come back next year. You better not hold that against her when your obligation is to help her get better as as much as you possibly can. Mike, couple of examples? Yeah, that'd be great. Yeah. Uh, here's an example. I might say this. Let's say Mike worked for me. Heaven forbid. Mike's like, <laughs> no, don't, don't do it. Please, okay? no. Okay. Right. So I'd say this. Look, Mike, I did my best to minimize it on your review, but the loss of the client X account was devastating to you and to my entire team. You've got to have a great year next year or your name, even though it's not mentioned in your big review, but that was a significant thing that I chose to leave out because I felt it would be the kiss of death. But your name is going to be floated as being on the bubble for next year, which is, you know, you're not going to be a high performer next year if you don't have a great year next year. Yeah, not good. Another example, Mike, you're our best team lead, head and shoulders above anyone else, right? And Mike, that's all you'll ever be unless you start behaving more like an executive and mining your tongue around other executives and recognizing that politics actually matter. <laughs> Ouch. Which sounds very much like the one yeah. you got years ago, right? <laughs> Almost word for word. <laughs> yeah, Yeah. exactly.
0: Yeah. And by the way, folks, if you haven't heard this story before, it changed my professional life. The fact that yeah. suddenly, that my boss didn't nail me on my review, yet shared it with me. I'll tell you what, Louise Charles changed my life. Yeah,
1: good. And folks, last point about this, whatever you do, even though it's informal, it doesn't mean it's not documented. Write down what you tell your direct. Okay? Make sure the direct knows you've written it down. Make sure he knows it's in your version of her or his personnel file. Make sure you review it in the year ahead. Don't blame The overinflation of your company's system for your inability to give candid professional development advice or encouragement, threats, fears, whatever, to your directs. Because it's not the system's problem. It's our problem as managers. And the unofficial review gives you a way to do it. Someday, look, guys, every organization in the world will be populated with candid managers and they'll be using the one-page manager tool evaluation form. And it'll be handwritten to save everybody the hassle. Until then, we have to render unto Caesar what is Caesar's and render unto our directs that which we would ask for if we were they.
0: Yeah. I'm really curious how people are going to react to this this cast because I think some people are going to react that it seems like we're working around the system or we're acquiescing to a bad system and we're not working hard enough to try to change it. And we're not. I think this is an important cast because, you know, organizations and people grow within context. And if you avoid that context, if you act as if it doesn't exist, you're only bound to hurt the organization, and hurt the people that are going to make that organization successful. So there you go. All right, my friend. Thank you. Thanks, partner. All right. Thanks, everyone. Hope you enjoyed it. We'll see you next week. Have a great one. So long.